Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bar Fights. My name is Sarah Klein. And for those who don't know me, I am an attorney and advocate at Manly Stewart and Finaldi, the nation's leading law firm for sexual abuse cases. I'm also a former competitive gymnast and one of the first known victims of former Olympic women's gymnastics doctor who shall remain nameless on today's episode of Bar Fights. Um, each week on Bar Fights, we are talking about the issues that matter with tons of great experts. My intention with this show is always to inform you guys, to inspire you guys, and to introduce you to amazing people and have some fun along the way. And today's going to be so much fun. We are taking on today the issue of being a woman who breaks glass ceilings. And my guest today has broken into the ultimate male-dominated environment, the NFL. Um, Cynthia Freeland is NFL's media, NFL media's first analytics expert. I don't even know what that means, so we're going to find out. Um, <laughs> and she can be seen across a variety of NFL shows, platforms, NFL Fantasy Live, NFL Game Day, um, and all the things. She used to work at ESPN, where she was a predictive analytics analyst. Again, like I can't even say that, so I definitely don't know what it means. Um, and she also worked for Disney, ABC Television Group, and basically she's an underachiever, if you can't tell. Um, she's run like 20 plus marathons. She's literally just insane. She's adorable. And the secret about Cynthia is that she's also a friend of mine from high school. So I call her Cindy. I don't know if I'm allowed to. Cindy, you can tell me if I'm supposed to call you Cynthia. But um, Cindy, welcome to Bar Fights. Thank you so much for having me. You're cracking me up with that intro mostly because like I'm a lot like that's a lot like <laughs> but hey you know, at least I'm not having to read your accolades because I would be like I don't even know how she had time to do all of this stuff and be just like this kick-ass mom the like, whole thing like I'm just like okay well you know it, I guess it's something in that Okemos water it must and you can call be. me whatever you want you're grandfathered okay. in I was going to say, like, do I have to call you Cynthia now? Because it's a, it doesn't roll off the tongue as easily for me. Um, <laughs> because I know you as adorable little Cindy, always with this big, huge smile. So kind to everyone in high school. You were just, I, I have the best memories of you. Um, and what I think is hilarious is when I say, like, oh, I'm from a little town in Michigan. I'm like, our high school was literally, like, in a cornfield. Like, next to a cornfield. Like, like. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Like it was right. No, next like the to wind a blew one direction. 
cows, we could smell the cow poop. Like, if the, remember when the wind would be blowing in the right direction? You're like, that is, that is the truth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally crazy. So now you like work for the NFL. You're like a big TV on air talent. You're a super genius. You've gone to all these fancy schools. Can you please tell us a little bit about how you went from little Okemos high school into this predictive analytics analyst for the NFL, breaking through glass ceilings, doing all the things. What was your journey? Because I know it's never a straight line. No, it's certainly not. So I went to BC for undergrad and that was like, you know, we're from a college town, basically next to a college town. So we've been exposed to some, you know, Michigan state has a a variety of like, you know, we weren't like for as small of a town as we are, it was, you know, you saw some stuff and then you go to this bigger city and you're like, oh, wow, the world's a lot bigger. <laughs> so after college, you know, like you're like, oh, it's actually much bigger than this, right? So <laughs> after college, I moved to Chicago and um, I took a turn, you know, I, I spent some time thinking I wanted to be a doctor. Then that actually wasn't what I wanted to be. So, I, you know, do a little dropping out of some one, one form of grad school. Um, then I became a banker and I didn't know what a banker was at all. <laughs> um, I, I was lucky to did, had no idea when I started. Um, and the world was very different banking wise in 05, which is much better timing. And then ahead of the 08 recession, um, I was given a heads up to go to business school because, you know, the world was changing and I didn't have any formal background in business at all. I applied to actually the university of Chicago was the only place I applied to. And I started there. And then I had, um, I don't even know if you know this, um, I cold emailed the CFO of the NFL. I didn't think that he would let me have a job there, but I, you know, I worked in finance. He's a super respectable finance person. He worked at Goldman Sachs. His name is uh, Anthony Noto. He's now the CEO of SoFi. He's done a huge, like um, his career is like totally insane. He's a, you know, a girl dad. He has four daughters and a son and he's just, he went to every single one of their lacrosse games, field hockey, the whole thing. He was in, he's just like a great human being and being around him changed everything in my life. He gave me the job. And my last day there, I worked on actually a project that was called season inventory restructuring, which was, you know, how does the NFL make the most money? Do they do it by, you know, seven, 16 games in four preseason, or now just like we've seen this season, 17 and three, like what, what's the, how, what's the optimal configuration? So that's kind of how I started because I related finance to on the field, um, on the field, uh, you know, execution production. So you could have how many teams could be playoff eligible for longer. So that was kind of, it was basically the same thing I've always done, which even in banking was create like financial models and put numbers to things that were a little bit abstract. So my last day here, and this is the part I don't even think, you know, well, here we go. Surprise. Um, I don't tell this very publicly, but I'll, but I'll tell it to you because you're, you're the most open person I know. So um, my last day of that internship, I, I passed out on Park Avenue and I woke up, they're like, you have cancer. And you're like, what? <gasps> um, so it switched some things for me around. And, um, and I ended up, you know, I, I figured out how to do my course of treatment. That's what, that's why all the freaking marathons, man, I ran my second marathon, like a couple weeks after my surgery. And then I ran my third marathon the day after my last oral chemo, because it, I needed that control over my body and I, yes. and I switched business schools. I went to Kellogg. I, I finished at Kellogg. So I claim like I have the best MBA because I did the quant stuff at the at Booth, which is University of Chicago, very, very good school. And then finished at Kellogg. Also very, I was super lucky. Like, I don't know how I snuck in the back door at both of those schools. Um, and then I got my master of predictive analytics because it rounded out, like I, you know, still getting treatments. So I need a little more like a little, a little extra there, stay on the old 
mom's insurance situation. Um, and then I went to Disney after that um, from another project because the NFL was amazing to me um, and let me kind of still work on some projects while I was going through business school and treatment because I didn't exactly know how to figure out my time and figure out with treatment how to like, like would I be tired? Would I, be, I, I didn't know how to navigate it. So they were awesome letting me work on some projects. And another project I worked on in addition to that was one that was a failed joint venture between ESPN Classic and the NFL Network. ESPN, again, owned by ABC and Disney. And then I went out to, to Burbank in 2010 and then kind of did some time there that went back to ESPN in an innovation capacity because I stuck with this like data theme, um, big data and technology and you know banking theme. And I've been talking forever and I'm sorry. And then uh, I'll finish it out here and ultimately... Uh, you know, when I stayed in touch with all of my NFL coaches because they liked like running all these stupid marathons and stuff because just challenging myself to it. I made the goal of one in every state. So they've been like following me and I did, you know, small analytics gigs for them on the side. And then, you know, Paul DePodesta gets hired. He's like the guy from Moneyball, gets hired by the Cleveland Browns. It seems like we don't know how to talk about it. Same time, DraftKings came by this like perfect storm of like, do you want to try being on TV? I had my first time, 6 p.m. Sports Center. And then NFL called and I went quote unquote home to NFL network in 2016. And the rest is kind of where that's how we land to where we are today. Okay. Cindy Freeland. <laughs> <That's a lot. laughs> Cindy Freeland. My jaw is on the and floor. Teen. Holy cow. <laughs> my jaw is literally yeah. on the floor. Okay. First and foremost, you're a genius. And I don't even know half the stuff you just, I can't even comprehend the finance stuff you just said, but like, First of all, you just threw in there, you're a survivor. You are a survivor. Like that word, I'm bad at that word, but like, I, you know, I, I think you like, I'm more of like a, I think I'm an improviser. I think that's what I'm really good at. Right. Like uh, you got to kind of like, like you're going to get thrown a whole bunch of crap and you got to either like, you know, duck and like, let the punch come and you figure it out. And the next time, you know, the punch happens, figure it out. You know, I think I'm, I'm good at adapting. I'm not a great, I'm not like the best coder on the planet. I'm not the best anything. Like I can just do all of them well enough. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of like a, you know, hacker. Oh my gosh. I am so obsessed. And I think, you know, the fact that you've accomplished all of that and you're only what, like 40 years old. <laughs> like, I'm 38. I'm not 38. even 40. The internet has my age wrong. Okay. I get very mad at the internet because it yeah. says I'm three years older than I am. I'm, I'm 38. Well, I'm keeping my, I'm, I'm not, you know, I wish it said I was younger, but I'm, I'm 38. <laughs> okay. Well, you look 21 and that's all that matters. So, you know, wow. and what like a cool lesson I think for our listeners hearing this is like happiness and drive and like all the good stuff in life is a choice, right? Both of us could have gone 100%. down rabbit holes at various times in our lives. Adversity comes in all different shapes, sizes, and, you know, different periods of our lives, but it's something you get to choose every day, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the turmoil or the stress, you can choose to be happy, vibrant, live with drive, with passion, with enthusiasm, or you can choose to, to sort of climb into fetal position and say, I'm a victim of my circumstances. Right. Um, I am so, I am just so, our lives are, have been so completely different, but, but some of the big life <laughs> lessons have been really parallel. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, um, so yep. talk to me a little bit about being a woman 
in the in the realm of sport just in general like not just the NFL but in in sport in general you know I've been in it a little bit here and there um but yeah. what has it been like being a woman in sport have there been women who have played you know the role of mentor in your life as you've navigated this um what is it like well the interesting part is that it kind of I'm going to say this is going to sound a little weird, but like uh, there, there are some really great female advocates, but also there are some awful ones and some of the worst people can be the women to each other. So the, the best thing I can say is like, find the one, you know, the real ones when you see them and yeah. it all is a choice. Like every single moment of this is a choice. Like, you know, I, I don't, I love my, somebody asked me yesterday, literally, they were like, you know, describe your dream job. I'm like, I'm living my dream job. It's not perfect. It's not, it's not where I ultimately want to go because I think you want to, I'm not done. I'm not like, Oh, okay. You know, the, the turkey's cooked, like time to eat it. Like it's, it's not like that, but it's, it's a choice about like seeing, I always see things like, I would like to always see things as like, you know, how to elevate others with me because it, it's not really about like, I can tell you, I still get all the time. Oh, you actually know football oh, you actually know how to code. Oh, you actually know how to, you know, anything about finance or math. And you're like, and I'm like, great. Maybe if I change that paradigm to be like, okay, like every time they say that, like I'm now like giving an opportunity to someone else to yep. be able to think through like their way of doing it, instead of being like in the tank about, and by the way, sometimes I still am in the tank about it because <laughs> it's, it's hard to like, it, you know, every, it's hard to be perfect at it every day, but you know, it's like I've gotten very good at using that as like another form of empathy. It helps me understand, okay, this is where they're coming from. And most people aren't bad. They're just scared. Most people are very driven by fear. Even people who have these big, scary NFL jobs, they're scared of losing it or they're scared of, you know, it can be very, think about, you know, if you're a football fan, your favorite coach, I mean, we're Lions people. We're, we grew up in Lions country. Like yep. the coach gets fired every five minutes, you know? So that's very hard on people's families and it's very hard on, the assistant coaches and people lower than, and people is a, it's a disruptive thing. So even though it's common in our industry and even though it's common for people to get like, you know, totally eviscerated in the media, like they're, it's still scary and it still has effect on their family. So, you know, it's, it's, people are often motivated by fear. So I just try to relate to them because I've definitely been scared and I've definitely, you know, public, you know, people are allowed to say whatever they want to me and, and on Twitter or whatever. And, you just have to realize that like, you know, you, you have a choice how you, how you handle it. Yes, totally. Choices. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. Um, and I also think too, I love what you said about empathy, about meeting people kind of where they are and we get to wake up every day and choose sort of, you know, the, the prism through which we are viewing the world. And I love what you said too, about fear that can be a choice too. There's always going to be big, scary things, but we can tell the narrative of there's a big, scary thing. I might lose everything. I might get thrown to the wolves. And so I am going to, you know, sort of armor up and not be vulnerable and walk around with anxiety and depression and all the stuff. Or there's a big scary thing and I'm going to detach from outcome and just freaking rock it out. And whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I love yeah, that. The surrender, 
surrender, surrender. is such an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Because when I think about when I think about like even on TV, right? Like you've you've done this too. I get if you know how many things. So I send notes that are like you, my producer. I drive them crazy. So I'm like, here's 15 notes. They're like, you have three minutes. And I'm like, I understand. <laughs> it's much harder to say less than it is to say more. Clearly, did you hear when I was describing my life story to you? Um, <laughs> but like, like. <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like, you know, all right, I, I, at TV, you get a chance to forgive yourself very quick. And, and by the way, I work with teams too. It's, you know, this analytic stuff, it's just data science, right? It's logic. It's putting together logic puzzles and giving yourself, it's one more tool in the tool belt to give yourself, like, the best way to make decisions is to have enough data points where you feel comfortable that you're, you know, you, you get to that level of internal comfort where you're like, okay, I have enough information to make this decision in the time that's allotted to me. And so helping teams do that, a lot of it, and I'm, I'm going to let you in on another secret. Most of the time, what I'm spending my time talking to them about is like themes that I've talked to my therapist about for years, <laughs> things that are about like, you know, the choice that you have to surrender to this moment. Like, all right, the last play was awful. I picked the wrong play and the, and my running back got stuffed and now we're in third and 17 and life's terrible. You can either be like, okay, well, what's my best third and 17 play? Or you can be like, wow, that last play was really awful. I don't trust my running back. My quarterback's going to be in this horrible situation where he's throwing to like a wide receiver who just got, you know, it's, it can be like, you can put yourself in the tank or you can say, okay, where, what am I going to next? Like, what am I excited to call next? Right? Like yeah. it's all mental. It's, it's all, you know, you may not have the best players and you're going to lose games, of course, but like, you know, it's, the whole thing is very, it's very much in your head and very much in your control, how you see it and how you experience it. Just like you or I very much in, in my control, how I experience today. There's never been today. There'll never be another one. Right. And it sounds a little cliche, but, it, but it's also very freeing. Absolutely. And that is a theme that whatever you do, wherever you are in life, whoever you are listening to this show, you can take and you can implement into your life immediately. You mentioned therapy. And I've said on this show before, like, I'm the biggest believer in therapy. I'm the biggest believer. Like, I've been in therapy, you know, for the better part of my whole life. <laughs> um and yeah. Yeah. right now I have, I have two therapists, you know, one for kind of week to week and one for like intensive trauma therapy. And I, you know, I, I'm always going to be in therapy. I love it. It's great. It's like going to, to your yoga mat. You never arrive. You mm -hmm. just keep showing up. Um, what are some of the things you do in terms of nurturing yourself, mind, body, and spirit. You, you have a huge job. You have a lot of pressure on you. Um, how do you take care of yourself? And, and what are some of those things that, that you want to share with listeners that we can, that we can do to kind of just keep ourselves in, in tip top shape, mind, body, and spirit? So for me, it works like it's, it's kind of, an evolution of like, you know, I, the running helps me a lot because I, I feel, I like to have like a marathon as a goal. And then like you said, I'm actually not a crazy marathon runner. We, we like, like, I'm not, don't anyone ask me for a marathon fan. Cause it, like ask any people, my friends are like, you haven't, I'm like, I'm tapering. It's good. Like, I'm not like a crazy person. It's like every Saturday I do this. It's not super scheduled. I just run for joy. Like I like feel like a kid and I feel very free and you know, I'm super lucky. I live at the beach and that is not lost on someone like us who grew up like half in the dark, like for eight, <laughs> you know, eight months of the year, it's like freezing and dark. Like 
So it's not lost on me that there's like this beautiful ocean and I get a chance to run next to it. Like I run like a kid, like I'll put on headphones and like listen to a podcast or listen to like my favorite song. And, and it's, it's just joy. It's not like, I like the goal of the marathon on a certain day so that it reminds me to, to go back to it. But it, but it, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a psychopath about the schedule. I'm very religious with my yoga. I have found a yoga teacher that I feel very connected to and she's actually in Connecticut still. So, you know, I, I do like far away yoga often because I, I, her name's Anna. She's amazing. And she like makes me feel at home. And I'm very mindful about, like, I have, I have like a series, this is going to sound a little crazy, but whatever we're going with it. I have yeah. my regular therapist. who's like, uh, you know, my, she's a, she's a, the most incredible woman. I never thought I was a feminist. I wouldn't describe myself as a feminist, but she's helped me understand what that actually means. And it's been really helpful for me in, in terms of work, but also dealing with my own, like, you know, my own realities in my personal life and everything. It's, super important for me to keep that roundedness from therapy. But I also, and this is, I'm showing my Los Angeles vibes here a bit, but there are people and be careful because there's a lot of hokey ones, but these people who like in this like energy field, this energy work, these energy healers. And, and while some people call it Reiki, some people call it like, there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. But I think some people who like, I, for me, the, the like physical nature of like, like I, I love I, with my regular therapist, I do EMDR, which is like a form of light therapy and helps with trauma and helps with going through, you know, reprogramming of your brain. But I also think like sometimes like these, the good energy healers are not sitting there trying to manipulate any sort of belief system. But what they're trying to do is ask you where in your body you feel things. And when you connect with that, for me, when I connect with those spaces in my body um like they're like why are where are you holding this like you have an experience and this is my experience and you can talk it through from every angle and the way that like that has has hit me has been very powerful and again I, you gotta be careful because a lot of hope I, I i feel like some people think it could be a bit hokey but there are some amazing you just got to find the right energy healer that is not trying to that what they're trying to do is supplement and augment and like kind of cross that chasm between the physicality of like a yoga and like the, the talking help of the therapy. And it's not, it's not about like finding a past life where you were Cleopatra, right? It's like, it's not like that. It's more about like, okay, where are you holding this in your body? Yeah. Why do you feel what, like, what, like, how do you connect to your, you know, like I, t- I carry tension in my shoulders. Like, why am I doing that? What can I let go? What can I surrender? And the physicality of that helps me. Yes. You are speaking my language, girl. Like I did Reiki mm-hmm. as a part of my trauma, you know, therapy, yeah. whatever. And just, it was powerful. It was probably one of the mm-hmm. more powerful things that I've done. Um, and just allowing my body to be touched again, you know, mm-hmm. with my eyes closed and feeling that and having to sit with that. It was unbelievable. I'm a big, big proponent of all of that woo woo. I'm into it. Um, what words of wisdom you've given us so much wisdom today, but what words of wisdom do you have for women who are maybe at the early part of their careers or wanting to change careers or just wanting to do something in their lives that they're passionate about? 
you know, one of my big mantras is if you don't ask, you don't receive. And I think you totally Mm -hmm. were the example of that today. Like I blind emailed like somebody I'd never met. And all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) I have this amazing job and this amazing mentor. Um, So if you don't ask, you don't receive. That's something I'm big into. Um, What other words of wisdom do you have for our listeners just as we pick your brain here? So one of my favorite coaches, and it's not the one who's like, you know, it's not Bill Belichick, but one of my favorite coaches said to me, like, it was super simple. He's like, do the work. And that struck me in such an interesting way because he was actually, he was talking about like, he he was actually talking to me about doing the work of finding out like my own stuff. We were having a very deep conversation about like, you know, just actually do it. What you spend your time doing is who you are, what your mind spends its time thinking about is who you become. And he was saying to do the work, to put myself in the space where I'm in this spot where I've done on yourself, you should do, you need to do the work. You need to find the right. I'm, I would never advocate someone. I don't know, maybe like, maybe someone else's combination of things that make them feel like their best self looks different for mine. That's fantastic. Go do the work to find it out because my blueprint, nobody should follow my career blueprint. It is like very low probability blueprint, right? But I did the work at every, at, at every step I did the, you know, I, I got the degrees. I have two very, like, I, you know, I, I did the work, right? Like I, I work every day, you know, I, I sit here and, you know, it's interesting what people think my job is versus what it is. Right. Yeah. Like I wrote my own model with using computer code. I did the work to teach myself how to do that. But that also meant that I didn't do other stuff. I didn't go to law school like you, right? Like I didn't do that work. I'm not in that space. My mind didn't go in that spot. I do the work every morning to whatever works for me to clear my head so that I'm my best self. And wherever, when, when things start to go, I do the work to go back to therapy or I do an extra schedule, an extra session or find an extra like, you know, moment to ask for some help. So for me, it's, you know, I would add to, to, if you don't ask, you don't receive, but you also do the work because where, where you show up is who you become. And that's your mind. And that's your actual physical day. Like you can't sit on the couch and be like, I would love to have Cynthia's job. By the way, I, I, I would love more women, especially to come want me to mentor them, but not, I get these emails and I'm sure you too. It's like, I graduated from college yesterday. You have an awesome job. I'd like to do it. Oh, like, okay, I get well, them all like, the time, all the time. And I'm like, do, do the work. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you think my job is that you can just start with? What, like, it just seems crazy because give people some, like what I, when I ask for things, I asked with, I brought something with me too. And that was, Hey, I did, I, I did cold email Anthony Nota, but I, I had a banking background. I sent an entire write-up of like 10 stocks that I knew he had previously covered at Goldman Sachs. I'm like, this is how I would have written it up. This is how I communicate. I would love for you to shape me in this other kind of facet, but th- we have a similar background. I didn't show up with nothing. Yeah. Right? I, I showed up and, you know, I showed up and I was, I did the work, right? So you have to, you have to ask and you also have to really be present and really be in that space to do that work. I am on fire, Cindy Freeland. <laughs> I want to go take on the world now. That is so true. And we see so many young people, you know, just with their hands out, with their work ethic is so skewed. And I don't know what it is. I mean, we could talk all day about what, what, 
how millennials came to be, or I don't even know what the generations are anymore, but I firmly believe in, um, getting up every day, showing up every day and, um, and having, you know, managing expectations of, like you said, you don't graduate college and get this job like you have, right? You you literally get in the trenches and roll up your sleeves. You have an open mind. You stay humble, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, oh, for sure. you stay a student too, right? Like, I think both of us can probably say, like, there is so much more we want to learn and so mm-hmm. much that we don't know. Um, and, and approaching life with that set of eyes of who are the people that I'm going to interact with today that are going to teach me something. And with my tail between my legs, I am so humbled to get to learn from this person. Right. Um, and, and those are such important, important lessons. You are a freaking badass. I mean, Cindy, I am so proud of you. I can't even tell you, you have inspired me. Your energy is insane. You have achieved so much. You're still so young. You have so much more yet to do in life. And I just can't wait to to watch your journey unfold and to get to rekindle this friendship, right? Like I'm I, I know. I'm going to go to so drink happy. together. <laughs> Um, oh, yes. We yeah. Have to, our moms are going to lose their minds. Too. Oh my gosh. My mom's going to be mind. like, yes. My mom's like, I can't wait to let's do it. It's going to be so yeah. great. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. And I think about, you know, do you like the women that probably shaped you? And when I wrote that question, I thought about your mom. Um, and I remember her like it, it was yesterday and, you know, your parents obviously did, did something very, very right. Um, and, and your mom was such a love and was so, such a fan of yours, just so supportive, always showing up and, and being a fan, but, but letting you do you right. Um, so that she's definitely, she navigate and look, both of our moms they, and my dad too. I'm not, you know, putting it, it, it anything. He's incredible too. But you know, it's interesting. You have these like these moms who, like my mom said, you know, for, she felt her choices when she was coming out of college were like secretary or teacher, and she chose teacher. And you know, to see her openness, you, like I, as my mom used to carry around like a description of what my job was, so that if anyone asked, she had like <laughs> something I had said because she like did it. Like, and she was, and she just went with it. She just like, she, again, she's really good at surrender, right? Like she just, and now I pull that little woman on TV. We put my fake hair in her. She has, she has fun with it. So she, she knows now like a lot and she, she's such an avid, like she gets really, she's such a good learner. And even at, you know, I won't say her age, but she's, you know, you know, a little older than me and she's, uh, she's learning so much about all of it. And I have so much respect for her constant evolution as a student. Yeah. Staying a student, right? Staying a student. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what keeps us engaged in life, right? Instead of just hanging it up and saying, I'm of a certain age now, you know, I'm just going to put my feet up. Like she's staying engaged, keeping her mind nimble. And, you know, like you said, evolving And and I hope my wish for everybody listening to this is we all continue evolving until, until the mm-hmm. very end. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for doing this. This was an amazing conversation. I know our listeners are going to, to be left just as inspired and on fire, um, as I am. And I hope you'll come back. I hope you will. Anytime, come back obviously. To the show. Anytime. 
Oh my gosh. We need some, well, only if you have drinks with me, you know. Yeah. But I'm, it's, totally. I'm, I charge a drink premium. We're gonna have to hang out. So Done. Other than that, <laughs> of course, no, I'll come back anytime. And let me let me be very very like I hope your listeners know, and I'm sure that they already do, but like you've been special since forever, and the fact that look, this was that you had it. You you were given a really interesting, you know, message to deliver to the rest of us, and the class and grace with which you do it is unmatched. And I'm just very, very, very lucky to know you. And I'm very, very lucky to call you a friend. Oh, Cindy, I have all the goosebumps. Thank you. I love you. I'm going to give you the biggest hug and we're going to drink a bunch of wine and talk about growing up in a cornfield. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You are amazing. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, I just want everybody to remember to please share this podcast with everyone, you know, I want to thank my dear friend, Cindy, Cynthia Freeland. And for more information on Cynthia, check her out on Instagram at Cynthia Freeland, F-R-E-L-U-N-D. Until next time, Bar Fights listeners, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.